Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the MatchNet podcast. Oh my goodness, today we I have such an amazing couple in front of me. I'm like so happy, so excited to have them here today. Uh, here's Adelina and Quasi. Um, I they are an amazing couple, first generation who have who received the blessing the last one, right? 2023. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, in the 2023 blessing and. I'm, I know Adelina since 2017, when she just came to America, I was, I was doing um, experiencing witnessing and it was, she was my older sister during that time. She almost saved my life during that time. Uh, so I have so much love for her. And then Quasi just, I think everyone knows Quasi as well. He's from Las Vegas, <laughs> very famous. <laughs> uh, and. I don't know. I have seen him all over the country. I'm like, what are you doing here? I don't know. He's always somewhere uh, presentable. But uh, I'm, I imagine that some of you don't know you. So why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? Mm -hmm. you go first? Sure. Uh, hi, everyone. Thank you, Karina, for inviting us. Um, Yeah, my name is Adelina. I'm uh, originally from Romania, and uh, currently I'm uh, I'm working with GPA here in America. And uh, yeah, I joined in 2010, 2010-10, and I was witnessed by my older sister. Uh, and uh, yeah, since then my my journey was uh, uh, complicated, <laughs> maybe. I uh, but. Um, I think something that can summarize my journey in the church is that uh, when I really understood the principle and I understood who true parents are and that true parents are the Messiah, for me at least, <laughs> then I, I really felt that the most valuable thing I can do in my life is actually uh, dedicate my life and live together with the Messiah. So since then, I, I chose to walk a public path <clears throat> and uh, I joined the UPA and I was a missionary and finally I ended up in America as a missionary. So that this is my eternal mission country, I guess. Yeah. So that's about me. Yeah. Um, my name is Kwesi. Um, I am originally from Ghana. Uh, my family migrated to the U.S. in 2004. So I guess I've been here for a little while. Um, yeah, I, I, I joined the movement in 2014, um, in CARP and, um, my spiritual father, Um, who then was the director of CARP um, at Kira Watanabe, um, really sold me, <laughs> sold me CARP. Um, but it wasn't really like through, um, you know, just the spiritual aspect. Um, the hook for me came because he gave me a uh, responsibility um, that connected to my career. Um, but then eventually I, I learned about the principle and, um, but, and also the, the people that were there, um, the the core members that were there at that time, um, were, were also going through that journey to discover your faith. And I was really pulled by sort of their heart and um, their character. And I think prior to that time, I think I had been searching really for where I can belong. Um, you know, I, I came from a different country. Um, and so that sort of upbringing how I was raised was really a core of part of me and America is a very different country um and so I think I was really searching for people that kind of could align 
um, we could, I could feel like I could align with them. And I, I think that was the first thing that grabbed me. Um, and why I ended up staying throughout um, was that I could actually see um, the transformative experience that I had, my own growth in such a short period of time um, that even my own parents were shocked, you know, how I changed. Um, and I think just being able to witness that, um, how when it, being intentional about my own growth um, changed me and changed actually my family coming together, I think that I saw like, wow, there's really value in this. Um, my journey to, you know, uh, learn about more about your parents and their mission and um, their impact on the world and especially the blessing um, actually is something that came over time. Um, but I needed to sort of develop that sort of core part, um, you know, where, um, you know, my own growth um, and also in the people around me. And I think that part about with true parents, connecting with them, connecting with God, is something that, yeah, kind of grew um, with that, you know, as time went on. These were just five minutes and imagine there's so much underneath and like so many gems that we could get from your spiritual journey, right? And I would love to, in the future, listen to a podcast. Maybe you guys should join the podcast, uh, do the podcast of how I joined how I joined them in the church. <laughs> and I would love to hear more of the details because I believe there's so many stories. And I mean, Adelina doing UPA, I believe that there's so many stories there too and uh, afterwards. But today we're going to focus on your blessing, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, Adelina, I believe you say you joined the church in 2004, you say? Me? Yeah. Uh, I joined in 2010. 2010 i see mm -hmm. yeah okay so it's been around like both of you 10 years in in our movement right and i imagine in those 10 to 12 years uh there's many years in your journey toward the blessing right so there's a lot of years and i i would love to hear a little bit more what has been your journey your experience toward the blessing mm -hmm. I, I guess I can start. <laughs> um, yeah, so when I joined UPA, actually it was a rule from True Mother to not apply for the blessing during the UPA years while we were in Korea and then also in the first year of our mission. And uh, so that was uh, something we actually struggled with because we were uh, like in our late 20s where anyways, over 25, most of us and the blessing is important and we know even um, in our life, but also public life, actually having a family is core of our principles, right? So um, uh, after I graduated UPA and I was sent to America, uh, it was hard for me to really understand what is that I need to do in order to apply for the blessing. So because I'm first generation, <clears throat> like for the second generation, it's easier. I don't know if it's easier, but the parents, most of the times the parents are involved, right? And kind of guide the kids towards that. Uh, for the first generation, and you are, uh, in my case, I was a foreign missionary and the leaders who raised me in the beginning were not with me. So I really didn't know who to reach out to, what is the current system, what is the, the matching system in this country. And how do I really become a candidate? So it actually took me a few years to figure that out. 
Um, also, because I was in the midst of mission, and uh, I I considered this mission as coming directly from to mother, I felt like I could never really put blessing as priority. Like something was always more important or more urgent, or I had to invest more. So I think it was in 2021 <clears throat> that um, uh, I found my matching advisor who kind of prioritized the blessing more than I did, the, my blessing more than I did. <laughs> so she really pushed me and um, um, she kept me accountable on going through certain steps and becoming a candidate and really doing that uh, with clear intention and also having all the external things prepared for uh, for it. So I think that that was kind of the journey. Internally, of course, I struggled <laughs> because uh, I, I did feel ready where I thought I'm ready. And then also actually um, many times when I reflected I, or later on when I reflected, I felt like I was actually going into this space of feeling entitled for the blessing. like. Oh, I've joined like for 10 years and I'm doing public mission and I'm doing all the right things. What's up? <laughs> well, why is this not coming to me? Right. Um, <clears throat> but I think I had to come to a space where I really allowed God to be part of it and to decide for me and also to allow people around me to really support through prayer and also um, support through introducing people to me and uh, talking things out to me, so uh, yeah, that that helped a lot. But that's I don't know if that answers your question, but a little bit of my journey. I pass it to you. <laughs> yeah, so um, I had a different journey, <laughs> um, and you know, coming through CARP, joining the movement through CARP, um, I joined. Um, as you know with the mindset i didn't really join um mostly in the beginning um to grow myself necessarily i i think one point that i should make is that the blessing was um one of the reasons why i joined um i thought that was very interesting because um i did not i did not have to go search for a girlfriend or anything right it was just you know there's gonna be a time and you know, I'm going to find someone, you know, or someone is going to be suggested to me. Um, and then we're going to sort of have that conversation um, when that happens. Um, and I think that really cleared um, sort of a lot of because as a young man or maybe women also probably go through that because you're always thinking about, you know, like, you know, your girlfriend or boyfriend, like when are you going to get, you know, a partner um, at some point? Um, and for me, I was also going through that. Um, but I think my time when, when I got into CARP, it allowed me to kind of let go of that. Um, and the, the value of the blessing for me um, was also something that caught my heart because it really felt, wow, like imagine when two mature people centered on God can come together. Like, what does that look like? And my... Um, my, the directors of CARP, uh, Karen Makiko San um, Watanabe, so Watanabe's, um, they for me exemplified uh, what the blessing looked like, especially with 
how much they were sacrificing and giving, but also um, really learning to balance that with taking care of their children and how much they love them. But also they were really investing their time in us in CARB. And for me, it gave me that sort of like vision, like, wow, like I want that, you know, I want that in my own marriage. Um, and so through many years um, of being, you know, doing going through this journey, um, that was really what pulled me back because I'm sure many people go through like this sort of temptation where outside, you know, finding someone from the outside looks very, very, you know, tempting. Um, and I went through that, you know, many times um, thinking about that. Um, but I always come back to like what I saw in the Watanabe's. Um, but also I the experience of being part of like blessed children and and blessed families, the community that we have, I always felt like if I go out, then I'm going to, if I find someone outside, I'm going to get be out of that circle of support and friends and, and loved ones. Um, and that was not something that I was wanted to risk. So, um, and it wasn't something that went away. Um, you know, I felt, many times um, had this sort of ups and downs where I always kind of wondered like, when am I gonna be ready? Um, Evelina talked about being entitled. I think maybe three years into joining, um, I, I remember asking you, Kirsten, like, Kirsten, I'm ready for the blessing, you know, uh, it's time. Uh, and I, rem I remember Kirsten was like very like hesitant to like, you know, let, let me know that I'm ready. Um, and so, it, I think it's good to have that sort of mindset to always want the blessing. Um, but also, uh, it, there is such a thing as God's timing. Um, and also, really maturing yourself as part of the journey is you're going to thank yourself later. Um, because when I look at our relationship, you know, I, I really look at the journey, the ups and downs, and really overcoming so many um so many so much adversity throughout you know my life of faith is what is really like paying off now especially you know when we have you know some sort of miscommunication or argument it's like we can tap into that what i learned in the past through my journey um and it really allows us to kind of come back together um and so i'll say let's not discount the journey um no matter how up or down everything is conducive into um, eventually finding your partner. Um, and eventually when things go down, um, it, it really, you can count on that to really help support you and also count on the people, the, the community that you've built throughout the time that you've been in the movement to really support you because they also have gone through those moments. So I think that's really something that I'm really grateful for. Wow, so so deep. <laughs> Both of your your journeys over the blessing. Um, in terms of like, I understand why you Adelina felt entitled to the blessing. I would have done the same. I mean, like you offer public life, you're really doing your best. You didn't receive the blessing like earlier because you couldn't, because you offer that up. So in a way, you're like giving everything and and expecting um for god or for the spirit world or for someone to help you with the blessing right because you're helping mm -hmm. so many people which i 
my I, I understand why, right? But then maybe there was uh, some things that you needed to to go through, right? To prepare mm-hmm. your heart for it. And then in 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 the cra- in the case of crazy, uh, hold on to the the vision of it, right? And although <laughs> it's in if you have 10 years, almost 10 years in the blessing and you were ready to receive the blessing in three years in, uh, <laughs> so that's seven years where you're like, had to hold on to the vision of the blessing, right? And try many things and, um, and, and to not lose hope, right? Like I, so many people will lose hope in one or two years. I don't know how many will stay six, seven years holding on to hope that something will happen that god has my back that trusting that if there is a time right and now today uh you are grateful for what you experienced and what the relationship and you feel like oh everything happened for a reason right but in the moment it just feels so hopeless right so you both chose to call this podcast delay gratification right so mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you how like how you delay that gratification, how you hold on to hope in for through throughout those years. Um and and how you experience it even now, how you practice it and what is the value of it? Hmm. Like we establish a pattern where I go first and she goes up. <laughs> that works. <laughs> um <clears throat> Yeah, for me, I think, um, so my character is pretty willful. Uh, I uh, I think I'm pretty goal-oriented and I, um, yeah, even though I face difficulties, I'm kind of powered through things and get them done. And uh, I guess with the blessing, I thought the same. <laughs> if I want it, if I decide for it, it's going to happen. And, um, well, it didn't really work like that. <laughs> um, but... Um, yeah, after I became a candidate and um, I guess, yeah, I I had coming in different profiles, but I always, uh, I always felt like it wasn't what I was looking for or somebody that I could build a future with and something that I felt inspired by. <laughs> uh, so I remember I had this moment of um, kind of a despair in a way and a really honest conversation with God. And I don't think it was exactly a prayer. It was just like, hey, let's have a talk. <laughs> and, uh, I, I was um, I was pretty done with it. As I, uh, and I told God, this is my deadline. It's maybe like three months before my deadline. Uh, <clears throat> so I didn't give God a very long time. I already gave him more than 10 years. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, this is it. Uh, I have three months. If... Um, uh, somebody who I, you know, can start a conversation with that I'm excited about, right? That, that I look forward to doesn't come about. I'm, I'm not gonna do this. Like this is. <laughs> uh, so I was very honest with God and uh, wasn't resentful or anything, but actually was more painful because I felt like, oh, I waited so long or I tried so much for this and like giving up that was not just God giving up that ideal for me, but myself giving up that sort of ideal for my family. So it was actually a painful experience, but something that I was really honest with God. Like I'm reaching my uh, (laughs) um, breaking point, maybe in relationship with this. 
and uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, the maybe I sorry, it's uh, taking a little bit to actually talking about the delay gratification, but the experience I had when receiving his profile was really at the end of my deadline. Uh, and uh, and I was in Korea and I received his profile printed in an envelope, right? We usually receive profiles like on the, on an email or something, but my matching advisor was in Korea and um, we met and at the end of our meeting, she handed me this profile. And um, yeah, I, I went to, to Chongshi Morning Korea and I prayed. Uh, before opening it and I opened it and I saw his his profile and actually I knew about him for a while. Uh, we've been around in the same church, you know. <laughs> um, but the, the experience I had when I when I first saw it was actually I, I couldn't really read through it because I started crying a lot and I felt this um, liberation and uh, and the deep gratitude. And uh, so deeply felt like this is the person. Uh, so for me, it wasn't like after that to try to confirm things or committing. Like I, I was committed before I talked to him <laughs> <laughs> um, because I, I, because of my previous prayer with God and that arrangement, because of how his profile came about and uh, how special that experience was, and. Um, uh, of course, also because he was coming as um, somebody suggested from people I trusted, right? And uh, the fact that yeah, he he was raised by Akira-san and I trusted Akira-san, so it was some sort of foundation there um, of trust, but also foundation of preparation for my heart uh, to receive him. Um, but uh, yeah, I think. Um, not rushing through when I when I'm thinking like oh I just want it to happen so maybe I should just make it happen no matter who this person is right uh, and then struggle through it I think that that was a good decision like actually wait for what Christy called earlier God's timing right uh, we have to be clear with God what we want and what our desire is also what is our capacity. <laughs> To, for waiting and uh, for accepting things, for working on ourselves, all this kind of stuff, um, but also not force things through. Um, and then the, the second part of this delayed gratification, I, I think it came through our matching process. Uh, as, I, as I mentioned, I was kind of committed and sure about it before I even talked to him <laughs> because of my experience. And I think I was a little bit more ready to jump into things, right? Like, uh, and uh, I, uh, I want clarity. <laughs> Maybe this is a women thing, right? But I want to know <laughs> if you are committed, if we are on the same page, if you want the same thing I want, <laughs> if you want to go to this blessing when I'm wasting my time. <laughs> so, <clears throat> you know, I had all these kind of feelings, but um, I, I realized that too long into our matching process that he was not exactly where I was at, right? So um, even though I, I wanted all those things, I had to wait and go at his pace and allow him to grow through the journey or to arrive to his own commitment, right? To his own desire or um, clarity of the next step of what that means, right? So. Even though I uh, kind of like uh, my heart jumped or I wanted certain things in place or 
I think I had to delay that sort of desire uh, or the fulfillment of that desire until he was ready. Um, and when when I waited for it and it happened and he completely owned it, actually it felt a lot better and it felt like, oh, you know, I didn't force things and I, I just trusted the process and grew with the process. So I think that's what comes to mind when I think about delayed gratification in my case. Mm. I just wanted to say a comment that, I don't know, maybe the experience of everyone, but uh, all the women, but our experience of men is a men that you, you <laughs> tend to be more slower than women. <laughs> mm. so, or women are more intense, we'll see. <laughs> um, but I have a question for you. So you guys knew each other. Um, why, like, why do you think the, you didn't consider him before? Or it's like the way it's, it's kind of like so many people are expecting that when they meet the person the first time, mm -hmm. like the, the, the love on first sight, right? Like mm -hmm. you meet the person, you see it and it's like, you know that this is the person, right? But in this case, you knew it, you knew him and you didn't have that experience before, but then when you opened it, that envelope in that environment, you were you felt strongly this is a person, right? So um, I wonder, like, yeah, what 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 was different, or like, what was mm -hmm. your process for that? Yeah, it, it's interesting because we knew of each other, but we never really talked to one another, which is kind of interesting being in the same country, in the same movement, our movement, right? <laughs> we meet at workshops or things like that. Actually, we didn't really meet at workshops, but I, I saw him at one of mother's events and, and he was mentioned to me by my friends, like, oh, this crazy guy, he's first generation, you know? <laughs> and um, yeah, he's a great guy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even know how to go about it. And mm. also an interesting point is like at, at some point in, in those years, we had the same matching advisor. <laughs> we are receiving the same emails. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. We were on the same emails for, for years, um, getting the same, <laughs> like, you know, our advisor was send like potential people or to sign up for a certain, like, um matching things that were coming and we were we were put on the same like we were cc'd on the same thing yeah. and we never really like considered each other why that advice or this suggestion <laughs> i know like somehow also i think i never really went for it where uh i i knew about him but because there were people who knew both of us but nobody like really suggested it to me, it was, it was like, oh, maybe you, there's something in his situation or maybe something in my situation or these people don't see us as a good fit, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's why I didn't really go for like, oh, look into this person or what's what's going on with him. So I yeah, that that's on my side of why I didn't reach out. Well. So interesting. <laughs> okay, Gracie, what is your story with delay gratification? Yeah, uh, you were saying uh, maintaining hope or keeping hope. I, I lost hope many times. I'm not going to lie. I lost hope many times. Um, you know, when you live in America, uh, there isn't a lot of first generation, you know, women. Um, and so, you know, I found in some ways I wanted someone that, you know, could speak English and, you know, we can communicate. 
Um, and I always, somehow I always thought like this person has to be living in America, you know, so that we can communicate and, and, you know, if anything comes, you know, I feel communication is a huge part of relationships. So if we can communicate and we speak the same language. It's one step closer to resolving things. Um, I lost hope and always, uh, because I was so, so around, so much around like second gen, I always wonder, like, why isn't second gen like an option? You know, like, ah, look at this person, look at that person. You know, I I started to sort of like look, you know, more look around, you know, my eyes are going around. And I think that made me a lot more confused um, and also kept me kind of cycling in my head. Like, you know, why? Why not this? Why not that? Um, and really kind of sucked my energy. And I think once I sort of got over um the idea that okay it has to be like second generation because there's no americans available um once i was able to get over that like i settled down like i was became more calm um because i think it was so put in my head that i needed to find someone i thought i needed to find someone because i was waiting for so long and nobody was coming um and so i really felt like yeah, I, I felt like I needed to just relax, <laughs> relax and start over. Um, and so um, I was able to have uh, matching processes internationally, uh, international matching process. Um, and I felt like each of those processes um, really allowed me to sort of discover more of what I was looking for. Um, so I so I went through two matching process before meeting Adelina. Um, and I felt like each of those um, moments um, allowed me to uh, go through a, a certain process of growth um, where um, in, in, in a sense, like maybe from that first process where I thought I was ready for uh, a matching process uh, I was ready for the blessing. Um, but then when I look into like what I was really looking for, um, it was very superficial. Um, mm -hmm. I was not even like focused on what the core, my core values are. Um, I was only focused also like, what is God going to give to me? Um, and whatever God chooses for me, I'm okay with it. And that is not a, you know, bad at all kind of heart to have approaching the blessing. Um, however, it kind of, I kind of removed myself from taking ownership and taking responsibility, but as those processes went on, um, I really felt like, um, I like, this is not the right person, but also I needed to take responsibility and let them know that this is not the right person for me. Um, but I, so after that, I, I really took a step back, um, and, uh, took about, uh, about a couple of years off the blessing um, and really sort of like discover more about myself. Um, and after also the times when I was in school, I felt like was not the right time for me because those were stressful moments. Some people can handle it. Um, but for me, it's like I couldn't really put a lot of um, my energy into a blessing or a matching process during the, those times. But Somewhere in my mind, I thought I was ready, but it was really getting to that point where I find that, oh, wait, like I need to 
the blessing requires full energy. The matching requires full energy. So I need to finish this and then put my all my energy into really finding the one. Um, and so it was it was making that determination that after I finished school, um, that I really want to grow even more. I was still growing, but I want to even make it more intentional um, to work with uh, Kirsan to really find that person. Um, and so um, I after school, I felt so clear, like a lot of stress, a lot of things so clear. I was more open um, to to receive this person. Um, and also, uh, of course, there was a lot of working with my matching advisor with a Kirsan um, and really preparing myself internally um, to receive her. Uh, I did not know it was her at that time. Um, and I, I, I believe that it was really during the time that I could really focus all my intention, really determined for the matching and blessing um, was where um, I feel like I was able to work with God um, to really grow. And I think the outcome of that for me was that um, I started to realize like from the first two matches, uh, uh, matching processes that I had, uh, what I was lacking or what I did not know about myself was I do not know what it meant to have um, core values that you know, I can align with, right? So I did not really understand. I I heard about it, but it was very intellectual. But what I discovered was that, you know, with when it comes to um, having uh, understanding what core values are important, um, you you need to start to think way past um, just that immediate time. You need to think about uh, what your own children you want your own children to have. What sort of values do you want them to inherit? Um, and so it's not just like, oh, this person has this, they're they're beautiful, they're kind, or, you know, it's not just that. But, you know, I, I, I was looking for my children that will be maybe blessed perhaps someday, um, will inherit a sense of compassion, will be kind, will have a sense of moral values, right? Um, and that became my, like, the top priority for me. Uh, and became more important for me versus like maybe looking for someone that speaks English or, you know, someone that, um, you know, is, is very beautiful. Of course, my wife is beautiful, uh, very lucky, um, but looking for someone that's beautiful, you know, some, some sort of like superficial thing. I really looking forward, looking past um, that moment of even the blessing is what really um, allowed me to, to find her because when I got her profile, um, I, I was able to look at her core values and and even like compassion, like compassion doesn't come easy for me, but like, wow, I want my children to have compassion, to learn how to have compassion. Um, I want my, she, had, she has an extensive, you know, life of faith, um, you know, mission work and all of that stuff. I want a mother that, you know, will, you know, I want my children to have a mother like that, right? Um, and in our profiles, we don't get to see names. Uh, at least I did not get to see her name. <laughs> Didn't I do? Um, and so there's no picture. So it's just kind of like just words, right? Words, her, her, you know, who she she is without her name. So I was just really looking at that and saying, okay, I want to, I, I, I want to talk to this person, right? And so 
for me, it was really growing into um, through, you know, the process to really discovering what is the most important thing um, that could come out of this? What is the most important thing, um, you know, that at the end of the day, um, I'm not going to regret. Um, and is really coming down to finding my own core values, aligning with that, um, and also using that to also find um, the right person. Um, yeah, so so there is such a thing as delayed gratification, but it, it, it works hand in hand with really growing yourself and learning to know yourself and and also the relationship with God, the relationship with your um, your your team. Um, and I think all of that, when all of that can come in harmony, um, I think you'll be able to find the one that you're looking for. Wow, that's that's so deep. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, I, I don't wanna, uh, you, you shared so many things and, and I think everything was really important. I, I want to ask you though, like how you, because you had to go through the process of stop focusing on like the restrictions that, um, let's say the, the, the church, the movement or the culture of our church of between first and second generation, uh, you had to go st stop focusing on the restriction and start focusing on the values that you're looking for, like in the, in the person. Uh, and that really opened up as well your your heart and st stop creating the resentment and making the resentment into okay let's focus on 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 what I want right um is was it anything in particular that happened to you that gets you to that point or like just finishing a school <laughs> or um any experience <laughs> anything that someone has shared to you some some wisdom that allow you to get to that point that's that's a good question um i think there there's one particular um scenario um where uh i think i don't know it was maybe seeing um sort of how um new let's say new members um that go through carp new first generation members um, actually look up to older first generation members, right? Because they're more alike in, you know, probably similar journeys um, going to the blessing. And I really thought about it. I was like, wow, like if I, I'm struggling through this, you know, sense of identity, sense of, um, you know, do I need to be blessed with second generation? And, and I'm going through uh, sort of, really this sense of confusion um but at the same time um you know for me and my own situation you know i knew that um you know i care on representing my spiritual parents my um really desire for me to follow that traditional way um which is to find another first generation um and and also seeing that all those um, other um, first generation were struggling, um, maybe with that same thought. Um, I really felt like I wanted to sort of lead that way that actually there are first generation out there. We just need to spread more, like widen the net a little bit more. Um, and there are first generation that have 
very good hearts, very, you know, you might look at second generation and say, you know, and say that, wow, like really great people, really good heart. But there are first generations that are the same and very similar. Um, And so it was, if I could really find that and, and show that this is possible, then maybe other first generation people don't have to struggle with this point. Um, and so it, it's so it's so funny, like sometimes we want something or we, we have our mindset on something, but actually once you let go of that, it's like a whole new thing sort of opens up, a whole new like way, pathway just opens up. Um, and I felt like that was kind of my experiences. My experience is when I said I'll take responsibility, when I said that I, you know, I, I wanted to lead the way, I felt like God opened the way. Um, and so, yeah, I'll say that will be um, the moment. And and in some ways that came after finishing school, um, <laughs> but it was just having more clarity. Um, and, and yeah, I, I felt like that was, that was how it happened. Wow. You're giving me shivers. <laughs> That's so good. Oh my goodness. Um, thank you for, for wanting to do that. And I, I grew up from a community where there's like almost the same amount or even more first generation, the second generation. And we grew up like together and we didn't struggle so much with the second gen and first generation, which was understood, but we both learned the value of each other, right? Like we we both learn, um, yeah, the, why it's important, what the importance and the identity of each other. Uh, and some of my best friends are first generation, right? And when I hear sometimes North Americans, uh, first generation saying like, oh, there's no first generation or there's no like, uh, and you say, it, it gives me like, gives me so upset, <laughs> you know, like, are you saying that my friends, that those people are not good enough for you, <laughs> who you are? <laughs> like, you <know? laughs> so. Uh, I'm so glad that you guys can uh, experience and share this as well. Of course, if I say it's like, ah, you say because you're second generation, it's like, oh, okay. But uh, (laughs) it always comes better when when it's from someone that they understand their heart, right? So yeah, thank you for for leading that. (laughs) Um, So I I bring in anecdotes and stories from the past as well. I met Adelina in 2017 and i don't remember how old you were back that uh, during that time but <laughs> i don't you were <laughs> no it wasn't 2017 it was 2018 no 2018 yeah 2018 um and and yeah uh i was already in the matching process and so we were talking a little bit about about it and and then i asked you like what kind of person you were looking for how you would like to receive a blessing. And I do remember that you share like, oh yeah, I'm open for everything, but not a person of color, not a black person because my family will struggle with it, right? And here you are (laughs) together in an interracial (laughs) uh, blessing. So what is, how, how, what was your process to Thor that uh, choice? Yeah. Yeah, I really don't remember the moment. Um, maybe I do remember a little bit of the struggle in those those times with, with this kind of idea. 
But uh, yeah, I guess when we talk about delayed gratification and why maybe the blessing came six years after that, <laughs> <laughs> was uh, for me to open my mind and heart and uh, actually be ready for that and mm. for what God wanted me to experience. Right. So yeah, I I, I, I do think that yeah we have concepts about ourselves what we are. Um, um, able to deal with and also we have concepts about the people who are closest to us in this case about my family and what i thought my family can handle and what they cannot and yeah as was mentioned right we are first generation so yeah my sister is in the movement but my parents are not and uh i'm coming from romania which uh, you know it's <laughs> eastern europe and it, we don't have that much diversity so my parents weren't necessarily so exposed to different races um but uh, i think what um what opened my mind to it i the fact that i was a missionary in america uh and more exposed to interacting with different people and then later on uh, i think since 2021 we had missionaries in africa and i got to visit some countries in africa to talk with the people there and i discovered such a beautiful heart and such a deep heart that african people have and uh, I, I really, and also I actually saw many times how they interact as couples, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, uh, I really love that, like that culture and how they treat the wives and the mothers and how uh, attentive they are. And I, it, it kind of opened my mind, not just opened my mind, I started to entertain the thought, maybe that's it, <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. Not, not necessarily all oh, the skin color, right? But that kind of heart and behavior and attitude. Uh, and uh, yeah, when the crazy profile came up, I didn't struggle with, uh, <laughs> at all with, uh, with uh, yeah, him being black and me white and this kind of things. Um, and um, yeah, I remember when I called my parents to tell them that I'm in a relationship, right? <laughs> And um, I was actually, it was before he came to visit me in Romania and uh, I called my parents separately. And I was just coming from Zambia actually at that time um, because I was visiting the team there. And uh, I told my parents and I was so surprised by their response. I thought, of course, uh, I said something more than, oh, he's black. <laughs> um, uh, but... Yeah, they were they were just very supportive and they were very happy uh, that I found someone that I resonated with and I wanted to invest into this relationship. And then, of course, they saw pictures of him and then they met on Zoom and they met in person and they really love him now. Mm -hmm. So, you uh, <laughs> did a good job. <laughs> uh, and I think, yeah, it really... Um, and and I had like my extend, extended family. They they never asked me anything, but they did ask my parents, like, is this for real? Because it's such a <laughs> such a different thing. Like nobody in our whole extended family, you know, it's married with uh, another race. Ba barely we have maybe a couple of international marriages, uh, but between Europeans. So it's something kind of revolutionary in our <laughs> extended family. Um but yeah my parents are uh, are proud of it and uh yeah they 
they uh, look at our relationship as something exemplary and something that it's actually beautiful and they are excited to see our kids and their grandkids <laughs> so yeah i think it was a process for me to really open my heart and when i was okay with it and i was convinced that this is actually not an issue for me then my parents didn't have any issue i think i was excusing myself for justifying maybe my inability um with thinking how my how my parents gonna react about it right so yeah i i'm uh i'm glad god did his works <laughs> and uh i guess guided me on the journey of really understanding um yeah the the right attitude and heart towards when we say like we we want anyone but you know that mm. but i think we need to check it again what, what's actually there yeah be careful what you say to in conversations <laughs> about it because it can't go back to you 10 years later <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of crazy because, like, if you if you think about it, maybe that was why it took that long, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's that but, right? But if mm -hmm. if maybe God had someone prepared for you that was mm -hmm. the the excluded, mm -hmm. I guess, um, then maybe it was a short time before you found that person, mm -hmm. and it's so it's kind of crazy. Um, how that kind of works or maybe just that's the timing right like that's the, the, the need a good truth that <laughs> you both needed to go through right because who knows <laughs> we we would never know what the story will be right right but it's i mean of course i believe that not having any bad is the best like having an open heart is the easiest and where we want to get there but at the same time i do believe that we I, I like that in your story you both hold on to we want to have a good relationship i want someone that i can communicate i want someone so slowly mm -hmm. you focus on like you still hold on to your expectation and desires of what kind of family you want to create right um and you even say that crazy that you had at some point you realize that someone wasn't the right fit and you had to take responsibility for that and then that's really hard as well right so mm -hmm. to say no um and not be afraid to say no that's so important too um i just wanted to add to that like i as long as we're not desperate oh because of the blessing let's just do with anyone or however but mm -hmm. if we can hold on to our values then it should it should work right Mm -hmm. Right, we have to have, I guess, the right but. Yeah. <laughs> if it's mm. uh, external or it, mm. uh, it it's related to certain concepts, maybe we have, then I think we have to check ourselves a little bit more deeply. If it comes to really core values, as Chris was mentioning, and really what you are hoping for the future, and something that's really deep in your heart, I think it's important to hold on to those things. Right. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, it's okay to have expectations. I think it's always good to check what are those expectations, what is the root of those, um, and then, yeah, what are you willing to compromise uh, on and what not? Like, it's mm. really a deal breaker for you. Mm. Totally. So, yeah. So we are close, co getting close to the hour. <laughs> so, I don't, of course, we could talk more, but uh, I would love to ask you, uh any final words any 
kind of advice that you would like to give to either your younger self or someone that the the audience and listenings that are going through what you experienced um, six uh, six years before? Very good question. I think the what comes to mind because we are calling this delayed gratification and because um, I was sharing earlier how we knew of each other. Um, I really feel like we we do need to trust God in this whole matching story, you know, like we think we are ready and we think we have everything in place and things like that. But why this kind of proposal, why this kind of suggestion didn't come earlier? I think I wasn't ready for Chrissy and he wasn't ready for me. Mm. <laughs> right? So we had to grow ourselves into becoming the person who can accept the other, but also can be the best partner for the other. And that's why God had to do his works individually in our own lives and provide us with the experiences that we needed in order to grow ourselves to be ready to come together. So I think sometimes, especially if you are older, but some some people feel ready like when they are really young and they feel like, oh, this is the time I need to go and things are not happening. Like, don't, don't despair. Uh, just trust God and persevere and really work on yourself and have plenty of experiences and really become the best per person for the for your future spouse. Mm -hmm. I think that's yeah the the only thing that comes to me or the first thing that comes to me when I look at my journey for the blessing. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, and uh, adding to that, um, I'll say like knowing yourself is one of the best investments you can make um, in your whole journey towards the blessing, uh, even journey towards um, getting a first profile of a potential candidate is knowing about yourself. Um, what are you really looking for? Don't lie to yourself. OK, what are you truly looking for? Um, and it's really learning to discover that, that really looking for um, is very important. Um, if if you're still sort of cannot clearly define the kind of person you're looking for, then you're still working on yourself, right? Um, and so I, 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 and this is my own interpretation of that. Um, so, so I, I'll say that work on learning, uh, work on growing yourself, work on um, the the more investment you can make in yourself, um, the more you're gonna thank yourself later. Um, I feel like, uh, and she can attest, you know, in our matching process, um, I think it was really about. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it, it, it sometimes it really came down to just kind of how um, we 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 knew ourselves. For instance, like I'll say during um, you know the the first month or so, it's like when you when you're in a matching process, there's this sort of like excitement. You're meeting someone new. Uh, you're thinking about all the potentials. You're really excited about all that. Um, but then it's knowing that actually like the relationship cannot work on excitement alone, right? And you you start to, I, I play back like, oh, 
this many times that I was really excited about something, but then when my my uh, everything came down, I was not as excited again, right? And so it was, I think we had that moment, um, and it was it, it it hit me like, okay, I need to before all this ends, I need to start finding ways that we can develop our relationship even deeper. And of course, that came um, from me knowing that she was the right person for me, right? Early on, I knew she was the right person, um, but. I, I needed she to didn't say that though. No. I didn't tell her that. <laughs> I didn't want her to know that. Uh, but I wanted to still learn about her. I wanted to still know about her. I wanted to do the due diligence um, and and really learn more about who she is, what she likes, what she doesn't like. Um, and yeah, and, and that all went away. I mean, that all came um, when that whole inspiration and and really being excited and, you know, euphoria, you know, meeting someone kind of went away. And then it's like, okay, let's kind of get into like, you know, the meat and the potatoes, you know, let's, 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 let's get into, um, yeah, let's get going. <laughs> it's so funny when we were in the matching process with Robert, uh, I was in the same thing. Like, are you committed? You know, like, do you, do you want this? and he's like, well, for me, this is like a dream. I'm still like, uh, I still kind of understand that it's so real, you know, and it's like, if you think this is a dream, I told him, it's for time for you to wake up. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we're women like that, eh? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think it helps them, though. I think for women, and this is a, it's it's okay to feel that way because we look for security, right? We look mm. to see if our investment is worth it, right? Because we don't want to waste our time. I remember I told him, I'm not looking for a brother. I'm not looking for a friend. I'm looking for a husband. <laughs> so, and I think it's okay to be straightforward with your needs and also what you are hoping for in that. But at the same time, you have to be patient for him to make his decision. Mm. Right? Like you cannot force that on him. So I couldn't force him to uh, think I'm the right person. Like he had to come to that conclusion by himself, right? By seeing all of the different parts, even that very <laughs> pushy part. Like I want clarity. <laughs> but I think as women, we don't have to feel guilty about it, and we don't have to go around the bush and like, oh my god, I, I maybe it's scaring him away if I say that. I think it's okay to say it if that's how you feel, like, uh, and where you are in your process. I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. Totally true. And I, I feel like we had to do a part two of this <laughs> because so many points that we could go extend it more uh, and talk more. But Adelina, Quasi, it was such a pleasure to have you guys here. I believe your story will impact so many people. If you are one of those who felt connected with their story, learned something, send a message, send them a message. If you don't know their contact information, uh, send it through MatchNet, send it through uh, YouTube, through our BFM email, and we will make sure that they can, they will receive your, your message or the impact that they have done. And I know that this is like a podcast episode where we're talking about their lives and their testimony, right? So your testimony, your experience, your life already is impacting so many people. So Thank you so much, Crazy and Adelina, for coming here, for all the effort and devotion that you have done throughout the years. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Karina. 
Bis See you next time. Bye.